This is the Soulpreneur Lifestyle Podcast, your go-to place for creative ideas on how to run your business in a way that lights you up and gives you purpose, all in a way that still allows you to live the lifestyle that you want to live. And I'm your host, Simran Bhatia. And this episode is brought to you by the Flowation.com directory of spiritual-minded healers and professionals. Imagine a resource where you can search for like-minded professionals to help you with everyday life issues, as well as to help guide you along your spiritual journey. We're launching soon, so soulpreneurs of every profession come join the waitlist to learn how you can promote your business, products, or services on the Floation directory at floation.com backslash directory waitlist. That is F-L-O-W-A-T-I-O-N.com backslash directory waitlist. A universe of opportunities awaits you. In this episode, we talk with Ashley Wilhite and discuss the idea of human design and how that practice can be applied to our life to tell us a lot about ourselves and our inclinations and our natural talents and even the issues that we are probably experiencing in life and how it is individually mapping out our entire system. And so I found out I was a manifesting generator, which really helped validate a lot that I knew already about myself. And we have an anonymous caller in the bonus episode who, you know, was really coached through a lot of different issues that he was experiencing according to his design map. And so... Today's guest with me today is Ashley Wilhite. She is a human design specialist, and we're going to really learn today about this amazing art of getting to know yourself. And so thank you so much, Ashley. I'm really excited to actually learn a lot more because I don't know too much. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I love talking about this stuff, so it's going to be fun. So I was looking through um, just whatever I could find about human design and also looking through the materials that you provide online. It seems like a really complex system. Is that just visually what it looks like or is it in fact, you know, a lot of variables? To it, it, it is very complex visually and uh, otherwise. <laughs> Um, so for people who don't know, human design is, I like to describe it as like a super cool combination of astrology, the I Ching, Kabbalah, and the chakra system. And it is based off of the time of your birth and the location and your birthday, obviously, um, which is kind of where the ast- astrology piece comes in. And you put all of your information into the system and it pulls up your chart, which talk about your bit but it when you first pull it up it's super overwhelming and complex and there's numbers and lines and like if you look at it without any background information it like you have no idea what you're looking at um 
So what I do is help people understand um, and teach them kind of how to read their own charts. And then of course I do readings as well, but um, yeah, there's so many layers to it. And I feel like I'm still just barely under the surface. Like I've, I've gone a step deeper, but there's still so much of it that I don't know. Like it can take you years and years and years to, to finally get a grasp on all of it. That sounds really amazing. So I liked kind of your general explanation of it. Mm -hmm. But let's get into maybe the nitty gritty and break down what human design is, what the components are, and when you do actually read somebody's chart or even take a look at your own, that what are you looking for and what does it actually all mean? I know that's a very loaded yeah. question. So um, can we start with just, you know, what are the components of human design? If you can list them out and maybe explain them a little bit. Yeah, like the pieces that you can find in your chart. Yeah. All right. Um, so when you pull up a chart, the first thing you're going to notice is your type. And in human design, there's five types. And your type is kind of like the, the general overview or framework. And that's how you exchange energy with the world. Um, so that's the first piece that I always share with people is what their type is. Um, because even just knowing that and not going any deeper into human design, it can teach you so much about yourself and kind of how you can show up best in the world. So the five types are manifester, manifesting generator, generator, projector, and reflector. Um, and they each have different special gifts and um ways of interacting with people and um, amounts of energy they have and how they share their energy with people. So just knowing what type you are um, can be super, super helpful. So that's the biggest piece. And then it goes into your strategy, your authority and your profile and channels and gates. And then it gets like super deep into it, but your, or your types, the, the biggest piece. So your type, it sounds like, is kind of like the umbrella under which mm -hmm. everything else sits. Exactly. Um, so can you talk a bit more about each type to, yeah. you know, for our audience that if they actually fill out the details and they get their human design chart and they find out I'm X, mm -hmm. what does that really mean for them in terms of their personality and then second piece, like, what does that mean of how they can apply it to their life and business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so if, if somebody has not gotten their chart yet, it can go to Jovian Archive, J-O-V-I-A-N-A-R-C-H-I-V-E. And that's where you can enter in your info and it's totally free and that will pull up your chart for you. Um, and it will tell you what type you are. So the first type is the manifester and manifestors make up about eight to 10% of the population. And they're actually kind of a, a dying breed, if you will. Um, we don't need as many manifestors these days as we used to. Um, <coughs> manifestors are the people who initiate things. They're the trailblazers. They're the movement starters. Um, if you want to take it back, like uh, in history a little bit, um, Hitler was a manifester. <laughs> um, he obviously did not use his power for good, but that kind of gives you like the image of somebody who like has this idea, initiates this movement, starts this big, huge change within the world. Um, that's kind of what manifestors are here to do. Um, 
So the second type is a manifesting generator. And they're kind of a combination of a manifester and a generator. Um, so they have a little bit of that initiating power, like they can start things, but then they also have a generator piece, which is the like workers or the builders. Um, so they can follow through and actually like build the thing, create it, put all the pieces together and they have the energy to sustain it through. The third type is a generator, which I like to call the worker bees. And I don't want people to take that the wrong way. Like I did a reading for one of my coworkers and she's like, oh, I hate that I'm a generator. And I was like, no, it's a great thing. Like that means you have the, the energy and the, um, like the capacity to, to build things, which is really, really cool. And we need people like that. Um, so generators make up about like 30% of the population. Um, and they're here to do the work. What, so what the manifestor initiates, then the generators come in and actually make it happen. Um, and then the next type is a projector. Projectors are about 20% of the population. They're what we call a non-energy type. So they need a lot of rest. Um, they're not here to work or build things. They're here more to oversee. Projectors are the guides. They tend to have a very, um, like a higher perspective on the world. They can see how things work really well. They can do things very efficiently. Um, so they're great at being consultants or advisors for people. Um, and then the last type is a reflector. Reflectors are very rare. They're about 1% of the population. And reflectors, um, they're very special in that they, if you look at their chart, they have like a blank canvas. So they can literally reflect us back to ourselves. So they're kind of like the gauge for society of how well things are going. So if a reflector is sick or unhappy, that probably means that whatever's happening around them is, is unhealthy or not going very well. Or if a reflector's thriving and full of joy and life and energy, then that means that everything around them is the same, like it's going very well. So they're a reflection of whatever's happening around them. There's so much detail there, I mean, that we can go into. So yes. <laughs> I found it really interesting. You mentioned that for manifestors, like Hitler is an example. I don't know if you saw my face. I was like, oh my gosh, that just sounds so intense. Mm -hmm. um, so, but what it sounds like kind of just in very layman's terms, so that those are the people that are kind of the revolutionaries. Yes who just really get people uprising. And I'm curious though, you said that there's not really a need as much for these manifestors as much. Um, so is that from an energetic perspective that they're kind of slowing down being born or what were you exactly referring to? Yeah, so there's less of them being born. Um, I don't know the like exact reason, but my my guess, and I think what I have have read in a few places, is that because of um, the way our world is is shifting and changing, and because of technology, um, we don't need as many. Like they can have a bigger reach, just um, with fewer of them. Like with the internet and um, the communication tools we have, we don't have a need for as many. Whereas if you think back, like. 500 years ago, we needed much more um, of that initiating energy to 
you know, start movements and this sounds terrible, but like start wars and go in and like conquer different countries. Like that's how the world was made. Right. And so you needed um, those people to go in and start those things. Whereas today um, we don't have as much of a need for that. Logically, that makes sense, though, because as there's like a rise in consciousness in general in the world and a rise of being able to just spread the message really fast, it makes sense that geographically we're not limited. And right. so you don't actually need as many like warm bodies to cover, you know, um, a certain area. Yeah. Well, so and what the, I found next, like really curious was the. Ref Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the, the founder of human design, his name is Ra Uruhu, and he believes um, there was a, a cosmic shift in 1781, and in that time period is when we started seeing less manifestors and actually more projectors, so more of the guides. So we needed fewer people to initiate and more people to kind of oversee and guide things along the way. Um, so that that's the depth or the explanation from the, the human design perspective. So going back to the projectors then, are these the people that are typically like the healers, the light workers, you know, your energy practitioners? Um, yes. Is that kind of the profession that they will normally find themselves falling into? Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty common um, field for projectors to fall into, but um, there are projectors in other career paths. Like um, the President Obama is a projector. Um, Queen Elizabeth in England is a projector. So there's other, you can do other things with your life. Um, so projectors could make a really great CEO because they do have that um, higher view. They can work systems really well. They tend to see how to do things more efficiently. Um, but yes, they can also be the, the therapist or the healers or the, the yoga teachers, um, the light workers. Um, those are all great career paths for projectors. So talking about reflectors, because I was going to come back to that. To be honest, it sounds kind of overwhelming to mm -hmm. be a reflector. So let's say somebody in the audience actually looks up their design chart and they're like, okay, I'm a reflector. I'm 1% of the population here. What tips can you give them for what, you know, how to deal with so much that absorption of just, you know, what's going on around them and how that must impact them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think it must be super overwhelming too. Um, so the first thing for project or reflectors is to be aware of your environment because you're taking in everything around you. So that can be where you work, where you live, um, the city that you're in, the friends that you surround yourself with, how your home is decorated, like everything. Um, kind of do an inventory of how you're surrounding yourself with these things every single day. Um, and see which ones are actually making you feel good and which ones are making you feel bad. Like Marie Kondo says, does this spark joy? <laughs> um, that's literally like the, the motto for reflectors. Um, but if, if somebody is a reflector, I would say uh, your environment's the first piece. And then also 
not trying to fit into the uh, society around you. Like you're not meant to hustle and work 40, 60, 80 hours a week. Um, you're not meant to uh, have that kind of like, I call it the generator hustle, <laughs> um, where you're, you're constantly going and moving, like give yourself time to rest, give yourself that time to um, release the energy that you've been carrying around from other people all day. Um, and know that your life is always probably going to look a little bit different than everybody else's, which if you're a reflector, you probably already know that about yourself. Um, but yeah, and actually, if if you're interested as a reflector, I have my own podcast called When Your Stars Align, and I just posted an interview with a reflector where we talked about all these things. So she actually shared her experience and um kind of how boundaries are super important and how that plays out in the workspace and in her relationship. And it was really, really interesting. So you can go listen to that. I would highly suggest that if you are a reflector, definitely take a look at it because I'm sure that somebody who's in tune with it and knows how to manage it themselves can give you great tips. Mm -hmm. So moving on with the rest of, um, but I don't mean to skip the generators. So actually, let's, let's go back there first. Um, so the generators, like you said, they're the worker bees. They're the people that make things happen, right? Mm -hmm. And they're probably the foundation of society. Mm -hmm. I assume that a majority of the population is generators. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us more about them? Yeah, so generators and manifesting generators who also have that generator piece, um, together, they make up like 67% of the population. So they're the big chunk of it. Um, and I believe that that's what our um, society and culture has been built upon, like especially in America, like work hard and you can have whatever you want. Um, and that, that works for a generator, um, just not for everybody else. <laughs> so um but generators, you have to make sure you're doing work that you love, because if not, you're probably going to end up really frustrated, and then it's it's not good for anyone. Um, so as long as you're doing something that you love, you can work endlessly. Um, you're meant to work and go and use all of your energy every single day, and then in bed when you're exhausted, like that's good for you. Um, whereas manifestors, projectors, and reflectors cannot do that. They need like an hour or two to unwind and kind of shed all of the energy they've taken on throughout the day and relax and then they can go to sleep. Um, but yeah, generator, like as long as you found something that you really love and that lights you up, like you can work endlessly and your um, energy and that spark and that life force within you is what's going to fuel everyone around you. That's what fuels the manifestors. That's what fuels the projectors to guide. That's what fuels the reflectors. Um, so if you're a generator, manifesting generator, I don't want you to like feel like you got the short end of the stick because you're a worker. <laughs> um, the rest of us need you to do that and we need you to be lit up by whatever you're doing so that we can soak in that energy as well. And I say we because I'm a projector. So I love me some generators. But my guess would be that a huge percentage of people who start small businesses, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, um, are actually generators 
who are just looking for that purpose, like you said, and that passion in their work. So what can you tell them about applying the idea of human design to their businesses? Yeah. So something we haven't talked about yet is that each type also has a strategy and your strategy is like how you interact with the world. So the manifestor strategy is to initiate, um, but also to, there's something crazy going on outside my window. Um, this is real life, you guys. Um, so a manifestor initiates, but they also have to inform. They have to let the rest of us know what they're doing, because if they don't, we might feel like they're trying to control us. Um, whereas a generator's strategy is to respond. And I think a lot of times generators... I'm going to see if I can move <laughs> away from this noise. A generator might feel like they're uh, trying to be a manifester. They're trying to initiate things. They're trying to get things started when really what they need to do is to respond. So they need to wait for some kind of sign either from like, it could be something as simple as like a post on Instagram or a question from a friend or a potential client. Um, but they need something like they need a catalyst to get them started. Um, and I think a lot of generators, they don't wait for that. They just want to jump in like a manifester. So if you are a generator starting your own business, make sure that there is some kind of catalyst, something for you to respond to before you go all in. Does that make sense? It does. So <clears throat> when you're talking about starting a business though, I mean, is it really like you're looking for a divine sign or you're just looking for a problem to exist that you are now reacting to? Cause that can come across a little confusing that you're only allowed to react or that your strategy is to actually just react. Yeah. And, well, I think that's the biggest misconception for generators too. Um, so to respond, does it mean you're just waiting around forever? That would actually be a projector's strategy. Projectors have to wait to be invited, um, which requires a lot of patience, but the generator just has to respond. So how I would see this playing out with starting a business is you, you get the idea, like you see this problem or you have this desire um, and you want to start this business to, solve this problem or whatever. So then you could start working on it, like start formulating this idea or whatever. And then maybe you, you're talking to your friend and they're like, oh my God, that sounds like a fabulous idea. You should do it. That could be what you're responding to. Or it could be that you have this idea and then you're scrolling through Instagram and you see a quote that says like, follow your dreams follow your heart's desire, you're meant to be a big change in this world. And that could be what you're responding to. So it's not that you have to like just wait around forever, um, but you need something to like push back against a little bit. Whereas a manifester can just be like, I have this idea, we're doing this guys, let's go. They don't need any kind of like sign from the world or the universe or their friends or anything like they have that complete independence, but a generator needs something <laughs> to respond to. And then a projector actually has to wait to be invited by people. 
That makes a lump. So that makes more sense with the generator. So the projector you're saying, what does an invitation look like versus a sign? Um, yeah, so for projectors, if it's something that involves other people, like starting a business or a relationship or even your career, um, it's best if you are verbally invited by somebody. So the thing is for projectors, they tend to be able to see very deeply into other people. They have um, what human design calls a penetrating aura. So the best way I heard this described was it's like you have a knife that you like stuck inside someone because you can see so deeply into them. And if you don't wait to be invited and you just start offering your guidance and your insight and your brilliant ideas, it's like you're twisting that knife inside them, but they haven't even asked for it. So it's, it really requires that huge patience of like, you have this insight, you have these ideas, you have so much to offer, but if somebody doesn't want it, you don't want to just be like word vomiting on them. <laughs> you have to wait for them to ask for it first. Um, so yeah, like running a business, that means that you can have an idea for a program maybe, and you're like, Hey guys, I do this in my business all the time because I'm a projector. Like, hey guys, I have this awesome idea for this program. This is what it would look like. This is who it would be for. Is anyone interested? And so I just put it out there and wait for people to say, yes, I want this before I spend the time creating it, before I do anything with it. I actually have to wait for somebody to ask for it before I can pour it all over them. know or they sense is really kind of what I'm gathering from it is just as a projector really make sure that's a safe space for yes. someone mm -hmm. yeah that's super important that definitely makes sense so now we talked about the types and we talked about the strategies what's the next thing that you would focus on if you're reading someone's chart the next piece would be your authority which is how you make decisions and there's several different options for what your authority could be. And it all depends on what your chart actually looks like and which pieces are in there. Um, I think there's nine authorities off the top of my head. Um, but it's in human design, they say your authority is how you best make decisions. So it's not saying that this is how you've always done it. Um, but if you can experiment with it, uh, it's probably going to have if you can make decisions this way, it's probably gonna have the best results for you and you're gonna feel the most um, aligned and authentic with yourself if you can learn to do that. So a few examples of what your authority might be. Um, one is, it's called emotional authority and that's based off of your solar plexus, which is um, one of the centers in your body. It's also one of the chakras in the, the Hindu culture. Um, but your solar plexus is the emotional center. And so if you have emotional authority. That means you tend to feel things very strongly. You have high highs and you have low lows. So when you're making a decision, you don't want to base it off of those emotions. You want to ride out that emotional wave and wait until you're in a very calm place. So wait till you feel all the feelings and then you can decide. Um, 
another type of authority is sacral authority. And your sacral authority is kind of a, it's kind of a gut instinct, but it, it sounds like a uh-huh or uh-uh. So it's like a yes or no. And so if somebody has sacral authority, um, open-ended questions are not great for them when they're trying to make a decision. It's more like, do you wanna have pizza for dinner? And they're gonna get a uh-huh or uh-uh response inside them. It's kind of like a guttural like response, I don't know. Um, or it could be like, do I wanna to move to New York? And they're automatically gonna get a uh-huh or uh-uh. So learning to respond, like ask yourself those questions and get that gut response is really great for somebody with sacral authority. That's useful though. I mean, cause like as an entrepreneur, if you take your type, if you take your strategy, you take your authority and you combine all that because you know, it's individual to you, like you said, with all the details that are involved, it really tells you kind of just how to approach your day-to-day -day activities actually mm -hmm. in a way that keeps you in flow, that keeps you producing the results that you're looking for, and that allows you to kind of transact with people or interact with people in a way that is best for you, even if you don't happen to know the person in front of you's human design. Yeah, totally. I think like if you could just take those three pieces so what and are the experimenting, it can be like it could change your business for sure. Components to the human design um, chart. What would you say is probably the next most important for someone who's looking from a spiritual minded entrepreneur type of perspective that you would focus on for them that having that knowledge would really, you know, have them up level their game. Yeah. So I think the next piece would be like, if you know your type and your strategy and your authority, you could also look into your profile, which is like your, your life journey. There's 12 different profiles. Um, we can go into that if you want, but the next piece that I think could be really helpful for somebody is to actually look at their chart and it's going to look like a, a person kind of, they call it a body graph and there's all these different shapes and lines all over it. So the next piece would be looking at it and seeing which of the shapes, which are your energy centers, which ones are colored in and which ones are white. And that's going to tell you so much about yourself because if you have a white center, that means that it's undefined or it's open. That means you don't have a set way of channeling energy there or processing information. Um, so you can be very wise in that area, but you can also tend to take on the conditioning of people around you or your parents. Um, or if you have a center that's colored in, that means you do have a set way of channeling information or processing or reacting to the world in that particular center. So knowing which centers you have that are defined versus undefined can tell you so much about yourself. Um, so like, for example, if somebody has uh, their solar plexus is white, that means it's undefined or open, which means they feel the feelings of everyone around them. These are the people that tend to be the empaths or the highly sensitive people. They take in those emotions and they amplify them. So they feel it very, very strongly, which can be very useful 
and if you know this about yourself, you also know that those feelings are not your own. You've taken them on from whoever you're surrounded by. So you can learn to, to feel them and then be like, okay, this is not actually my feeling. I can let it go right now. Um, so you can do that with all the different centers within your chart and just knowing which ones you have that are defined versus undefined can, can be really, really helpful. That's a great filter to really kind of, for lack of better terminology, but label how you see the world and how you process the world. And knowing that information along with how you make decisions can really tell you a lot about like how you function as a business owner and or someone within a business or a team and, and all of that. And so I think that's really awesome. Um, but as we get to wrapping up, cause we're going to do the live coaching segment and really get a glimpse for what this really actually would look like. Um, I just want to ask a last couple few questions. Um, what's your maybe big tip for somebody who's just looking into human design and sees it. And again, like we talked in the very beginning is like, wow, this is overwhelming. There's so much. Um, what do you suggest? Where should they start or what should they keep in mind as they're just starting their journey with this whole concept? Yeah. So, I mean, the first place to start is to get your chart and look at it um, and then start, I call it experimenting. Um, experiment with living according to your type. So if you're a generator, experiment trying to respond to things instead of initiate things. Um, if you're a projector, try wait to be invited before you do things, which is so, so hard. Um, but start experimenting and see how it feels. And if you can do your type, your strategy, and your authority, those are the three big pieces to start with. And they say in human design, like, it can take you seven years just to decondition from everything else. So um, if you're just focusing on those three, like, that is plenty um, so that's probably the best place to start. Um, but if you want to dive deeper, you could look into your profile. You could look into the centers within your charts. And then there's so many other layers um, that you can go into. Um, if you wanted to learn more, I think there's a great book that is like the textbook for human design. It's called The Definitive Book of Human Design. Um, it's by Ra Uruhu, who's the founder. You can get it off of Amazon. Um, but it's very like dense and kind of hard to understand, but it does have all of the information in there. Um, and then also on my Instagram, I've started like breaking it all down. So right now I'm doing a series on all of the different energy centers within your body and what it means if your throat is defined or if your throat is undefined and how that plays out in your life. And then um, creating like some affirmations for each different center. So um, you can always come up over to Instagram. I'm human design with Ashley and uh, start learning more that way too. That sounds great. I would definitely suggest you look it up. Um, I have definitely scrolled through Ashley's Instagram, trying to put my pieces together of, you know, the different gates and all that information that I was able to look into. And I think it's, just a great idea to um, get to know all this information about yourself. But so as we wrap up, this is my favorite question to ask. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? 
I love this question. <laughs> um, chocolate peanut butter is my favorite. Sounds like a good one. Um, and now if people want to find you beyond Instagram, where can they go? Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm human design with Ashley. Um, and I also have a website, Ashley Devin, it's D-E-V-I-N.com. And you can, um, if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get like a 75 minute free workshop on how to read your human design chart where I walk you through all of the different pieces um, like we did today, but in a little bit more detail. Um, and if you're interested in a chart reading, you can also sign up for one there, ashleydevin.com is the place to find me. Sounds great. And I will definitely vouch for doing the 75 minute um, class. I definitely did it and was really enlightened to just find out stuff about myself that I kind of know subconsciously, but wasn't really thinking about. So I definitely suggest all of you do that. And if you are struggling with anything in your business, this is a good chance to actually get to know um, who you are and how you're processing the world and how you should be making decisions that are actually for your benefit. So thank you so much, Ashley, for joining us today. And I'm excited because we're going to now move on to the live coaching segment. I want to say a big thank you for listening in. Without your support, there wouldn't be a podcast. If you've gained insight or inspiration from this podcast, please subscribe for regular updates and please share this podcast with someone you know who will benefit. Do you have a story to share about your own soulpreneur lifestyle that you set up? Have a life or business problem you'd love a system for? Or want to be an anonymous caller for one of our live segments? Then go to your Anchor app or the Anchor website, find this show, and click on Message and record your story or question. You can also find the show notes on our website at flowation.com backslash T-S-L-P. That's F-L-O-W-A-T-I-O-N dot com backslash T-S-L-P. And subscribe to the TSLP Insider to get a look behind the scenes of what it takes to bring this podcast to life. And get some exclusive offers that are only available to our email subscribers. Also, don't forget to follow at Flowation on Instagram to get updates about this podcast. Mm -hmm.